Welcome to the Doing Epic Stuff podcast with your host, Mike Johan. Together we'll explore the stories and journeys of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. At its core, Inner Demons is a startup launched during the COVID pandemic, which aims to highlight the link between physical activity and positive mental and physical health. When I first noticed Inner Demons being promoted on LinkedIn, I was in two minds. On the one, I loved the concept. In a lot of ways, it's a manifestation of my personal beliefs and experiences, having lived and loved numerous adventure pursuits for most of my life. On the other, I was a little bit envious. The founder, Jason Rose, is a full-time finance professional who had seemingly managed to create and launch a concept during a pandemic, which not just aligned with my conscious capitalism aspirations and was beautiful in its simplicity, but he also has three teenagers to contend with and is himself a passionate Brazilian jiu-jitsu and judo practitioner. So what's his secret sauce? Without further ado, this is the Doing Epic Stuff podcast featuring my guest, Jason Rose, founder of Inner Demons, which, by the way, you can find online at inner-demons.com. I think that's also why things like BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and like training Muay Thai and having these kind of outside of work and outside of just everyday life, little environments that you create for yourself where you're solving challenges and there's new things happening and sometimes a little scary, but then you feel good. It's kind of like people like you and I and friends that I train with we've been prepped a little bit for this shit to go so south. I've seen people deal with a lot worse than, than I've kind of felt. It hasn't been that bad to me in the scheme of things. I, it gets me down, but I'm not like, you know, it's not the end of the world, but yeah. Oh, look, there's, you know, there, there's no doubt. I mean, you look at, and I don't want to go on a complete tangent, but you look at, you look at military training and they brutalize people in a, in a, in a, you know, not in a, in an abusive way, but they work them super hard because they know that physical pain and exertion and cold and tired and scared and all of that builds resilience in people so that, you know, in the future when they're working for the government, you know, in a bad place, they've got um, reserves of resilience and they've got experiences that they can draw on to give them resolve and those sorts of things. So in terms of training being, beneficial in that respect i think that's absolutely very true very true let's 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 jump into inner demons i'm like i I saw this thing pop up and i i was immediately drawn to it because i feel like the whole doing epic stuff premise like the whole reason this thing came about for me to the impetus to create a podcast and to explore this thing uh actively explore it was you know i realized a couple of years back that the thing that kind of really gets me excited about life one of the main things is exploring these these different uh kind of pursuits of epic and for me they've been a little bit varied i've done stuff like mountain biking i've started my own business i ran my consultancy for a while uh did a bit of muay thai training i'm always kind of finding these things and they give me excitement and i move towards them and i and i realized that trying to do something actively with that passion rather than just those those pursuits themselves, but a bigger like, where can this lead to? And can I get more people involved in feeling the thrill and, and rush of these things? Um, has kind of led me into the, in this roundabout way to here, here I am. And, and one of the pillars of doing epic stuff and, and what I believe is one of the pillars of, well, pillars of well-being is that like physicality aspect. I feel like we've got to get up and we've got to be active in some way, or I know directly, maybe it's more for some people than others, 
But I found it super, super important. And I feel like at this time when COVID's hit and people are kind of a little bit more desk bound, Inner Demons has come along and is kind of trying to highlight, uh, I guess, the, uh, the benefits of, of, a, of physicality in, your, in a lifestyle, but also I think highlighting those things that happen when we don't have that physicality, the negative things, which is you mm. know, depression can creep in, et cetera. So yeah. maybe if you can give me a little bit of a background on uh, how this concept came about, Jason, that'd be a good start. Okay, so look, going, going back to um, back to beginnings, I guess, um, I previously trained four to six times a week in judo and jiu-jitsu um, and loved every second of it um, and been doing it for about a decade and I'm an amateur at best. I compete a little bit and whatever else, but I have no... The good thing about starting any of these sports later in life is you have no illusion as to where you can end up. There's no, <laughs> there's no, there's no expectation that you're going to make the Olympics or, or anything of that nature. Um, but one of the things that I have noticed within myself when I trained is you get to meet a lot of people. And for a lot of people that I trained with, and obviously I'm not going to name names or anything of that nature, but the sports that we did provided them with a really powerful outlet that helped them develop as people and myself included, I'm not, you know, holding myself out as being separate to that, but for some people it was even more profound and, and pointed, I guess. And I've seen people who have used our sports to overcome anxiety, depression, obesity, um, just low self-esteem, um, substance abuse to varying degrees, right? Um, in addition to even people that have had sort of detours through the criminal justice system and, and the sports that we do have given them focus, confidence, an outlet to develop themselves both physically and mentally and, and those sorts of things. And then when it all came to a grinding halt, probably, or whatever it is, six months ago or so, there were a lot of lost people out there um, who were really struggling to find that outlet for themselves that gave them a lot of, a lot of personal value. And also the connection, you know, like it's not just, it's not because you can go marathon running and, and some people find a lot of benefit in doing that, but it's also the physical connection. So a lot of the, you know, grappling sports that I'm into it's always inherently got at least one other person because you're grappling with someone, but you're in a group of people. And so there's that connection, that shared experience, being able to talk to people after class where you've been smashed or you've done really well and share the experience. And suddenly all of that was taken away and people were quite lost. And it, it just highlighted the value of physical activity for mental health. And that can be a profound experience for some, but even I know with myself that I felt a bit lost and, and, you know, really longed to get back on the mat and I still do and I'm not sure when that's going to fire up. So the idea of a brand that really highlights um, and promotes the link between physical activity, um, exertion, um, um, resilience, you know, adversity, all of those sorts of things, overcoming that stuff and positive mental health was the kind of genesis of the idea. Um, and it kind of came to me as a flash of um, grapple with your inner demons, which was just a thought that literally flitted through my head. And I went, oh, that's potentially a brand idea. Um, the idea of grappling with your inner demons. And that, that was basically the genesis of it. Yeah, I think the, the one of the inherent benefits of the way that you've gone about this thing is that they're clear... The, the concept itself is very clear to understand and it's fairly singular. Like it's, it's that it's as simple as you said it, which is grappling with your inner demons, maybe a little bit of a double entendre there. 
But anyone who saw that, that post or goes to the website understands immediately what it is about. And there's no confusion. And I think that's, that's a really powerful thing for, for any business, but especially for something that's starting up. Mm. Uh, so I think you've really got that on your side. And I feel that the people you're talking about who are practitioners of these sports, whether it's a, a full combat, a full, what is it? Full, full contact combat, combat sport or whatever it is. Uh, once you have that tribe and then you, you don't have it overnight, the, as you said, the, the implica implications can be profound. And mm. I think you and I are probably lucky enough that we've got a lot of other things going on and have been able to challenge our, um, challenge our kind of, or channel ourselves into other behaviors and, and habits and things going on. But I, I too have trained with people who are uh, even more reliant on this sort of training in, as part of their, not just their well-being, but part of their ident identity, like their training either to, to be at the elite level, like super yeah. high competitive level or not. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's really powerful. I, I was also going to just make one other point, and that is, and it's kind of funny in a way, but the, when I trained heavily, I, I'm always completely broken. There's a million things that hurt and, you know, bumps, bruises, sprains, twists and whatever. But I actually feel infinitely healthier in that state than I do sitting on the couch in cotton wool and not doing anything. Um, you kind of, you know, when you tax your body within reason, you know, there's obviously limits beyond which you don't want to get to. But when you tax yourself, your body kind of pays you back and it, and it kind of opens up um, reservoirs of skill and uh, not skill, but reservoirs of endurance and ability that you don't necessarily um, know that you have or because you don't need them. It's like a dog sleeps all day, but if they were working on a farm and they had a job, they'd be running around and mm -hmm. Their, their energy levels and their you know, they get up and go is can simply constrained by what they need to achieve that day. You know? Yeah, that aspect of, of this sort of, of, uh, of martial arts training, I think, is, is so brilliant uh, that you get to explore these, this range of, um, a range of emotions, because <laughs> like, emotion's a big part of it, but yeah. just your human potential in a controlled environment assuming it's quite a good gym, you know, you're, you're with people who are generally speaking of a similar frame of mind of you, yours. Mm. And each time you go into those sessions, you're confronting things to varying degrees like fear, um, the limits of your physical ability. Uh, it's going to engender confidence no matter what you do. I think especially Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, is an incredible sport for anyone, but especially for kids and for uh, females, where it gives you this power of realizing that you with the right techniques and processes have the ability to take on someone much larger than you yeah. and control the conversation in a physical environment like that is just so strong. I think as a kid, I would have loved to have had that sort of level of confidence yeah, sure. that really that came when I was like 30, you know? What's also interesting to me, and, and I've done lots of martial arts and um, in the past, and some of it was what, you know, is sort of, referred to as reality-based self-defense kind of stuff. And, and you learn how to kill seven people with three moves and, and, you know, disarm 12 people with machine guns and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of it's very fanciful. And when you do more real sports, sport-based stuff, like um, I do a lot of judo, a lot of jujitsu, you actually get a far greater insight into your limitations. And I find that in some ways boosts your self-esteem even more because it's real. 
So I have a very realistic sense of what I can and can't do and against who I can do it because I train with people who are more athletic, who are younger, who are better, just got more endurance or whatever else. But it's through, but by having a realistic sense of my own limitations, it's actually quite liberating as opposed to living in fantasy land of thinking I'm a ninja and I can kill 12 people with my three death stars. Um, so I find that you kind of, you get chopped down to reality, but that's quite a, quite a liberating and empowering feeling to know where you really sit in the world, which is good, I think. Mm. Yeah. I, philosophical, I, but there you go. No, no, philosophical is <laughs> fine. And look, we, we could probably, you and I could probably wax lyrical about, about martial arts and combat sports all, all day. I think maybe I'll, I'll bring it back to your concept and just maybe if sure. you can give me a bit of an overview, Jason, as to how you're kind of bridging this link in a, in a business context between we know that these sports are good for people, but they might not have them anymore. There's this need created where they might not, it might be having negative mental implications. How is Inner Demons kind of bridging this, this gap? Look, I think the first thing to do is... Um, the brand idea is very much about highlighting the link between physical activity and positive mental health. So you can, you know, if, if one door closes, you've got to open another door and you've got to get out there and you've got to be active and, and the more active you are, typically the better you feel. And then I, I try and link it back. Like I recently ran a promotion that's probably most relevant within the context of, of Melbourne. Um, cause we've had that lockdown that's been in place for, for absolute months now. And there's been a, a specific limitation around the five kilometer travel distance. So you weren't allowed to leave. You're only allowed to leave home for four different reasons. And you're only allowed to travel within a five kilometer radius of your, of your house. And so I, I came up with a promotion, um, whereby, um, people could go out and run or walk 5k and, in, and as part of that, to donate $5 to Beyond Blue. So it was kind of an idea of getting people physically active, do something for yourself. You know, if you go for a run for 5K, which I did as part of the promotion, and I have to say I pushed myself a little bit further than I like to run, but I did it and I felt good about it and I felt <laughs> healthy and whatever else. But in addition to that, I also donated $5 to, to you know, a fairly well-known um, organisation that's on the front line of helping people battling you know, mental health, which at the moment is, you know, apparently at record levels. Mm. Um, so it's, it's trying to make that, that link tangible and real. Um, yeah. Does that sort of answer your question? Yeah. So I guess one of the, if I'm sort of to, to read between the lines here, one of the key pillars of, of inner demons is continually, continually aiming to sort of support these mental health services that you're going to kind of champion as part of this cause. Is that kind of correct? Yeah, very much so. So um, I, I think that it's, it's very easy to pay lip service to values and, you know, values um, don't mean any, you know, someone once said this to me, I remember, you know, they said values don't mean anything until they cost you something. <laughs> and so part of our, part of our DNA, if you like, is that we're committed to donating a portion of every sale of every garment to a charity to a mental health charity. We're going to do that from day one for as long as the brand exists. And we also committed that during, during the pandemic, 100% of all profits will go to Beyond Blue. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of people out there that are doing it tough. Um, and, you know, to the extent that they do good work as an organisation, we're happy to do that. Um, so that we're hopefully, you know, building our brand for the future. But in the meantime, at a really sort of challenging time, 
we're doing something you know tangible for the community and for those who are doing it tough so um, you know is that a marketing expense maybe it is but um, you know it's it's not just lip service it's not just the you know it's not just talk we are focused on taking tangible action um, yeah so that that's kind of our thinking as well yeah look part an element of that is marketing but marketing in and of itself is not it should not be a, a bad thing as long as it's wielded in a way that's benefiting uh, people and, and even brought more broad to a more broad sense, the more successful that uh, inner demons can become, the more it has the potential to provide support to these uh, health services. This is, this, is the sort, this is the sort of new school of business that people believe in and want to be actively involved in. So I think yeah. that you know, it's a very different to the old school kind of corporate entity mentality. And I think it's, a, it's good timing for this sort of stuff. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, I think about, um, you know, I come from a finance background. I, you know, I, I've worked in a lot of different industries, um, you know, from working advertising for a number of years, but also, you know, have, you know, accounting qualifications and all that kind of stuff. So I understand that businesses need to pay their own way and there's a financial imperative to their existence and it's not art, you know, it's got to make money and, and whatever else. But for me, what's interesting is being able to build something that's profitable, but has a dimension to it that does good in some way. Um, and I think the more that I, th I think there's increasingly, you know, a mood for people to want to see companies do that, I, I believe, you know, and you see things like the banking Royal commission where banks got absolutely smashed for not doing that and actually going in the reverse and doing social harm. But um, I also feel for myself that, that, you know, it's great to be able to come up with an idea and to build a business, but if that's got a legacy or it's, it creates value beyond just, you know, a balance sheet and a profit and loss, that gets me excited and I think it's interesting. And I think, you know, if there are more businesses out there that are doing that, I think it's really, it's for the better in the long run. Whatever, whatever your motivation might be, it might be environmental, it might be mental health, it could be anything. But um, I think brands that embrace that will be successful, but will also help the world in a, in a meaningful way as well. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, and I, I think the, the appetite for that sort of commerce has already uh, already been validated in another number of different ways and across a number of different sort of audience segments that people are proven by data. People are putting how that company uh, is providing for good or not as a, as a key purchase decision, a key part of the purchase decision-making set to varying degrees, you know, depending on the category, but certainly it's happening. Uh, mm. And I think if anything, the, the younger uh, kind of demographic coming through and, and just getting through the education process now who have got these kind of, uh, these sort of values uh, ingrained in them at a lot younger age and are very, very involved in environment and involved in mental health than more than probably you or I ever were until mm. la later in life. They've kind of got mm. this opportunity and this appetite to see these uh, commercial outcomes supported with health service outcomes which yeah. is exciting and and the thing that i find interesting as well and again i don't want to go down a philosophical rabbit hole particularly but i think it's interesting when business see businesses are ultimately voluntary and so you're inviting somebody to participate in whatever whether you're selling a product or a service or whatever it might be and i think there's so much room for people to try and make the world a better place through voluntary exchange and you know, voluntarily participating in what brands are about. 
as opposed to necessarily being forced to support causes or whatever else, you know, so I don't know. I, I think that, you know, if brands can do good and businesses can do good, it sort of makes, it, it creates a very, a much more kind of positive environment where people aren't forced to, to do things they don't necessarily want to do. It's all voluntary, if that makes sense. Mm. You know, it was a rabbit hole and, and I think good. I left my flashlight, I think I left my flashlight <laughs> at the top of the rabbit hole. <laughs> But that's, you know, that's what philosophers do. I think a lot of the time they write something and, you know, they assume it's brilliant. So someone finds meaning in it, but it might have been nonsense. I'm not really sure. So. I tell you what, I tell you what, Jason, the, the older I get, the, realize that I re the more I realise that everything is just up to interpretation. Yeah, and, exactly uh, right. There's no, there's no absolute, there's not many absolute truths. And no, that's uh, true. I think that's one of the reasons I kind of like this sort of informal, uh, almost just like informal discussion type uh, content that it's not yeah. really, I mean, I, I don't, it, it, I don't aim to provide any definitive advice to anyone. I don't feel, feel like I have the license to do that, but I think just talking about these sort of stories and journeys of, of people creating things and following their passions that there's people who are sitting there kind of thinking, geez, I could do that and I can relate to this person. And that might give me the, the, uh, the kind of that extra little push to get involved in something That's that I want to follow. I think it's really interesting and, and I'll, I'll make a couple of points on that and I'll probably forget the second one. So I'll start with the first, but um, I, I think that um, what's important is just to make a start and to have a go. Like there's, there's lots, you can go to the bookshop and I love books, you know, like I buy books all the time. And one of my great struggles at the moment is the fact that, you know, bookshops aren't open. I love just going for, for a stroll through bookshelves and, and looking at what's out there. And there's a million books about how to do this and how to do that and how to achieve this and how to achieve that. And I've got quite a few of them myself and you can read all of them. And, and some of them have got some really good advice, but the reality is that you create your own, you create your own reality and there's nothing stopping you being the next person to come out and prove whatever you want. You know, if you make something happen and you make it work, whatever someone else has written about or said or prescribed, you know, the seven steps to this or the five essentials for that, it doesn't really matter if you can just make it, if you can make something work for yourself in your own way. And, you know, the way that you go about things might be totally different, totally idiosyncratic, but you can still create whatever you like and you don't need to follow anyone else's prescriptions and you can create new pathways that other people might eventually follow and go, that's interesting. So you sort of want to navigate your own, destiny the other thing that i really thought and it's very much part of this whole you know demons concept is i had an idea and i have lots and lots of ideas you know i've got I've got my little red notebook and always scribbling things down ideas are cheap for me what really is exciting is every now and then just going i'm going to run with this mm. i don't have a business plan um, i'm only committing a very modest amount of capital but i'm just going to go for it and i'm just going to roll the dice spend a little bit of money, you know, give some money to a developer and a photographer and whatever else. Cause I believe in it. I think it's interesting. I think, think it's exciting and it has potential and we'll see. Um, and it might be, you know, it might be that in three months or six months, nothing comes of it, or it might be the beginnings of something really good. But what I do know is the more time, if you get in the habit of rolling the dice, eventually something really good will come out of it because you're in the habit of doing stuff. Um, and, you know, to relate it back to my old um, judo teacher, he's, he's no longer alive. He was an eighth Dan Japanese black belt. Oh, God, that's he a lifetime to, of judo. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, there's a loss in that that I could talk about separately. But he said, 
just get out there in a tournament situation and just do your judo. Go out there with it. Well, what you want to try and do, grab your opponent and try and throw them on the mat. And that's always going to be more effective than standing back and, you know, oh, maybe, I don't know, should I, shouldn't I, what should I do? Because if you do that, you'll end up just getting thrown or you'll do nothing. So just go for it. That like um, par paralysis through over analysis thing. You're yeah, like, this exactly. guy could do a million things. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, Correct. shit. And by the time you've worked it out, you've been flipped. <laughs> Correct. It's exactly right. And it's, it's like in anything, like action, action beats reaction and, you know, take the initiative, all that kind of stuff is so true. And I've proven it to myself in a lot of different contexts that if you stand back and wait and see and maybe, and I'll just, you know, I'll counter what's happening doesn't work. I mean, it can work, but it's also not the way you want to live. You know what I mean? You want to have a bracket stuff. So, yeah. That, that um, inclination, and this is kind of one of several kind of areas that as I, as I speak to more people with this project, I'm kind of finding commonalities between uh, yeah. these people I kind of say are ordinary people doing extraordinary things, right? And one of them is this, is this I'm going to call it action mindset, so that the people who are doing these sort of things like yourself launching businesses or whether it's, uh, you know, competing at elite levels or whatever they're doing, they, they have this kind of action mindset where they do a lot less kind of pondering and a lot more kind of just going for it. And mm. uh, I think that for some people that mindset is born into them and lucky them, you know, the, the kid that got up at the age of, of at the age of five, picked up a tennis racket and decided that he was going to be, you know, Pat Cash or whatever it was and just trained yeah. his lights out and became the guru. But for a lot of people, I'd say most people, you almost have to learn that commitment to things. I think I could, yeah. I could talk to 20-year-old Mike and, and see a lot less, a lot more thinking, a lot less action. You're <laughs> only 22-year-old Mike at the moment, aren't you? <laughs> Mate, I'm 38. I look at these yeah, great hairs. I'm, yeah, I'm getting sort up. Of maybe. I'm getting on must there the, now. Must be the lighting, I think. <laughs> I only put soft lighting on video recordings, Jason. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, but, uh, no, but no, it's, it's, it's very true. I mean, I remember um, a couple of things. I think it was General Patton, but it could have been 50 other people that said it. But it was that action has a genius all of its own. And so you can, you can be really smart sitting back and strategizing and thinking and, and analyzing and whatever, but getting out there and having a go and pushing something has a genius of its own. And, and the thing that it does more than anything else is it gives you real world feedback. Mm. And if you're not threatened by that, if you look at that feedback as a lesson, as opposed to being proof of whether or not you're any good at something, it's invaluable. And, you know, there's books around, you know, grit and resilience and whatever else. But if you look, if you, if you're open to receiving real world feedback and willing to adjust what you're doing in response, oh, that didn't work. What about this? That didn't work. What about that? If you see that as being, you know, very um, easily solvable and valuable, as opposed to being a kind of character flaw that it didn't work, it's a much more valuable way of looking at things. The other thing that I once saw that I thought was good was in another sports psychology book I once read, and it said the best mindset is to ask yourself, what is wherever you find yourself, what is the objectively best move I can do right now to improve my situation? So it doesn't matter how bad your predicament, what can I do to make a marginal improvement to my situation rather than sitting there and wallowing? Is there anything I can do that would make a slight improvement? And that doesn't have to be significant. 
and you go, that's a really empowering thought, I reckon, because mm-hmm. what can I do today that will make a difference to my circumstances in a positive way? And, you know, everyone forgets these mantras and there are times when you should have applied it and you didn't. But I've always remembered that as being a really profound thought and a very empowering thought as well and an action-inspiring thought too. Yeah, and if you can ingrain something like that to the level where it comes back to you under pressure or in different contexts, whether it's sport, business, whatever, even in a relationship, you're like, what can I do to be a better part of this relationship? Those sort of like, let's, let's just call it almost like a principle. They, they mm. have so much value to, to kind of their yeah, long-term sustained value. The key is ingraining the habits to remember them at the right time. Yeah, that's true. And I, and I would never want to give anyone relationship advice, but putting that to one side. Um, you know, what was interesting, like, no, you learn in, in, in jiu-jitsu, going back to that sport for a moment, you know, oftentimes one of the benefits of it, you know, it, it can be a metaphor for life itself where you end up in a really disadvantageous position and you suck underneath somebody and you can't breathe and it's suffocating and claustrophobic and all Someone's those sorts sweaty of sweaty and big and yeah. scary. That's exactly right. And it's, it's quite a dis, disempowering feeling. But oftentimes people who are good, good coaches will say, just try and take the pressure off a little bit. Like you don't want to, you don't have to solve the whole problem here. Don't try to escape, to to just yeah. make it bearable. Correct. Can I just move my hips here or my elbow there or tuck my chin in or whatever it might be to improve my situation 1% and then 2%, 3% eventually you might get out. Now it may not work. You know, there are unwinnable situations and that's just the reality of life. But that idea of always kind of trying to improve your situation a little bit and a little bit and a little bit in an additive kind of way. It's a really interesting proving ground to develop those sorts of habits and mindsets, I think. Yeah, I love that. I think that's great. And that could be as simple as getting up in the morning and taking that extra five minutes just to have a little quiet time before you jump on the PC and bang out 12 hours or whatever it is. Just just committing to this, like, I'm going to have five minutes. I'm going to do a little bit of breathing. I know my day's mm. going to be better if I make that little space. So it, it's got so much good, I guess, universal application, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's cool. Yeah, it's interesting. So how can somebody support or get involved in the inner demons concept? You, you mentioned apparel. Is that kind of your focus in terms of a product at the moment? Yeah, it is. It is initially. I mean, I'm I'm working slowly on you know building a bit of a community and you know Facebook and Instagram and all those things that weren't around when I was in the advertising industry all that many years ago. Um, but it's it's an it's apparel focused at the moment. Um, we would do, we've got a challenge underway, the 5K for $5 thing, um, which yeah. we're going to keep going, even if the Premier decides to lift the five kilometre limit on the weekend. So if yeah, people cool. want to you know give that a go. Um, it's on our website, you know, in a demons with a dash in between.com. So people can get out there, donate five bucks to be on blue and, and go for a run or a walk, or whatever it might be, which would be, which is a good thing to do. Um, so, but there's an apparel angle at the moment. Um, you know, will there be coffee mugs? Maybe I'm not too sure, but, um, hmm. but the best way for me to get out and support, to support you guys at the moment, Jason is participate in whatever kind of, uh, activities you've got going like the 5k $5 incentive or yeah, get myself right. a sweet hoodie or something yeah, buy a t-shirt buy a long sleeve they're all they're all they're all sitting there and looking good they look um, good I like the logo I yeah, can see it's fun. I can see dudes on the mat wearing that yeah it's funny I, I, I actually um, got a mate of mine who I won't name but I used to he was a former colleague of mine to design it um, the logo basically and I went you know, it's always an involved process and you think hard about, you know, 
people always come up with a whole range of different options and whatever. And when I saw that one, I went, bang, that's it. I reckon that's really cool. Um, so yeah, he did a good job and he got paid for it. It wasn't a freebie. So there you go. <laughs> you didn't pay him in hoodies. <laughs> no, no, you can't, you can't feed your family with hoodies. I've learned that over time. So it, I, everything, as I think I mentioned earlier, everything about the concept feels to me to be singular focus, which is, is super, uh, super going to be super beneficial for you because it will help you to make these decisions about where you should and shouldn't continue to, to go in your marketing direction mm. and, and diversification and opportunities. But that simplicity and consistency is, is, is great. So I think it, mm. it's going to be, people are going to be more receptive because, because of it at the end of the day. Yeah, so that's cool. cool. Oh, thank you. Um, so maybe I'll jump into, oh, actually let me ask you this. So how have you managed to juggle you're obviously a successful. Uh, what, what's your primary industry? It's industry, Jason. You're in finance. I work in the finance space. Yeah. So you, oh, is it? Yeah, you go. Sorry. Sorry. Just my. I guess my question is, and feel free to jump in whatever you want. Is how you've managed to juggle that, which I'm sure is very time demanding, to the point of launching a little business concept. Like, what was your process to do that? Um. Look, it's interesting. I, I think part of it's been benefiting from the lockdown. Um, so, you know, I work in a, in a family family business environment. So my, my dad's our executive chairman and, and whatever else. And we typically sit in a little Collins Street office and, you know, he calls me into, my, into his office and yells at me and says, where's this, where's that, and whatever else. And because he's not allowed within five kilometers of my house at the moment, I've been able to steal, you know, a bit more time during hours to, to get this up and running. Yep. Um, but the interesting thing as well is that it's, I enjoy always having that creative outlet, um, you know, having that, that other thing that you do that, um, you know, can take up as much or as little time as you want. But if you actually enjoy it, you find it stimulating and, and whatever else, you can find the time out of hours to do it. Um, you know, it's most people, and I, it's not being judgmental, but a lot of people rather have been spending a lot of time on Netflix and, and whatever else. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm watching stuff myself, but you know, 20% less of that gives you quite a lot of time at the moment to do other stuff. Um, yep. So yeah, it's just stealing the time when you can, I think. And to, to that point about 20% of that can be a lot of time to allocate to something else. The, the abilities that we all have to access these, uh, I guess, service sharing platforms and uh, people who work remotely for uh, overseas, yeah, different yeah. time zones, you can turn that little pocket of time into like an astronomical uh, output if you can just plan it and just segment it a little bit. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, one of you know I've got a lot of motivations at the moment, like with, with this concept. You know, obviously I want to make it successful and high profile and whatever else. But part of my goal as well was to kind of engage with platforms and things that I haven't really got any experience in. So I don't know very much about e-commerce, you know, from a hands-on perspective. So one of my objectives was to try and learn about that. But the other side of it is, as you were just saying, like, you know, I've put out a bit of work to different um, platforms to, you know, get a freelancer to do stuff for me and, and whatever else. And I've never really used those platforms before either. Um, and your ability to access really great talent 
um, mm. at a really affordable rate and to get it done quickly into a high standard. It's actually been pretty mind-blowing, I have to say. Um, you know, I found a great, again, I won't name him, but I found a great web developer in Sydney who I would never have met in a million years who built my store and helped me with a few other things. So you can fairly cost-effectively really um, get a lot more help, a lot more bang for your buck nowadays than what you used to be able to, which is, which is great, I think. Yeah, it's incredible. And I think it's spawning a whole generation of entrepreneurs uh, mm. and it should be. And I, I think that the, yeah, I think the other, the other kind of impetus for you to get your own thing up and happening is the reality that, you know, these, these things like pandemics come along and all sorts of stuff yeah. can happen. The more that you can kind of control something um, and have direct, uh, direct control on, the, on how something grows and develops, and be able to make big calls about pivoting something if you need to. Yeah. Uh, I think the better, but um, yeah, I, I think. Sorry, I, I cut you off. What, what I was going to add to that is, you know, I've been involved in a number of startups over the years with you know varying levels of success, which doesn't really matter. But um, nowadays, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but the ability to try stuff, to set stuff up um, quickly, cheaply is so much better than what it used to be like you know i was involved in a startup eight years ago or so and we invested a lot of money spent a year and a half in development um you know and it was basically my version of doing an mba in terms of learning everything that you shouldn't do about starting a business and nowadays you can you know that that leads to competition now because it, the barriers to entry is so much lower that's true but you can just try stuff at a fraction of the price you can have an idea and literally within a week or two have a prototype up and running Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which is fascinating fascinating absolutely yeah. amazing and and uh yeah i just i guess the the landscape to try new things at a relatively low uh cost to get them mm. actually out to market and people using them and testing them or having an opinion even is just mind-blowing i think that's, that's right this is a great time to do it for anyone really absolutely 100 uh, so we'll go into the doing epic stuff post-fight interview section, which is my final finishing questions, okay. Jason. Uh, so yeah. what was the greatest challenge or challenges you feel you've had to overcome to kind of bring inner demons to fruition to this point? Uh, so that's an interesting, it's an interesting question because um, it kind of contradicts what I said a moment ago where, you know, the barriers to entry have, have plummeted and, and all of that kind of stuff. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you and say this much, that I think the biggest challenge is a psychological one where you're putting yourself behind the ball. You know what I mean? So you're, whenever you um, start a business and you promote it and you're, you're associated with it, you're, you're basically saying that I, um, I understand the world and I want to bring something to it that I think is of value and the world can laugh in your face or it can slap you in the face <laughs> or whatever. So there's an ego challenge to it. You know, it's, it's no different to turning up at a judo tournament, bowing and your opponent just slams you straight into the mat within 10 seconds, which has happened to me before. And in the meantime, you spent three months training and, and whatever else. So to me, the hardest part is, is, you know, committing yourself to it and, and running the risk of the embarrassment of it being a complete failure, but there is no failure in that. You know what I mean? Like who cares? But that is a challenge in your own mind, I think. Not, you know, the financial commitment and the planning, all those things, they're all easy, but it's the, yeah, it's the embarrassment factor, I guess, that's probably the biggest. 
because you are you're putting a little bit of yourself out in out in the ether for people to judge Correct. and that that Correct. is it seems on face value like that's a, yeah that's why wouldn't you do that but that is pretty shit scary you know no matter yeah. what you're putting out in the market so I totally yeah, that would be get it. that would be the biggest thing. And it's like you know the same with you, you and, and the podcast that you've put together. Like you know you've put a, a circle around the concept, and you may never have been able to find anyone to participate. No one wanted to watch it, and you know you go, I got that wrong. You know? but, um, there's you know, a, there's a definite risk for, of that, Jason. Absolutely, like. But, you know, there's all those say, sayings around. You know, the biggest risk is not trying. You know, so that's that's the thing, isn't it? Totally, totally agree. Uh, do you think this journey so far of you launching uh, Inner Demons, ha has it changed you or how you perceive things in any way? What, what have you kind of learned thus far? Um, look, I think what I've learned probably is the value of making things tangible um, and of building something and of putting it into the market and just seeing, like it's, you know, it's early days and, and the level of, feedback is is positive but it's a you know small sample size of you know feedback and whatever else um before this i was working on another idea um totally and completely different and unrelated to this in in every possible way but i never quite took it beyond a concept it was always an idea and i was getting meetings with people and i was talking about the idea and people don't take you that seriously when it's just an idea. Like you go, so you're, it's not a sales meeting. It's always a kind of just a chat, you know what I mean? And so people don't take it seriously. If they love it, they can't buy it anyway. Um, so that doesn't mean that you want to overcapitalize on something. But what I've learned is you want to have something tangible that is real and people can see it and um, can buy it if they want to. And I find that's a really useful useful thing to do as opposed to sort of running around going here's an idea um and it's just the concept so I've, that, that's been the biggest thing the biggest sort of difference i guess that i've really tried to focus on this time around just just get out a prototype don't be so worried about the polish just have something that you go oh by the way what i'm talking about here is this look at it Correct. read it learn about it it's not just me spieling. <laughs> yeah. And it also, it commits, I reckon as well, it, it commits, it's for the other side of the table, it shows that you're serious. Yeah, a bit of skin in the but game. Also yeah, but it also shows yourself that you're serious. Mm, you know what I mean? Like, if you, if you haven't really got an idea yet, or you've just got a concept, you can kind of shut it down and it doesn't really matter because it was just in your head. But once you've built something and, and, you know, invested a little bit of money and that could be, you know, a few hundred bucks, doesn't have to be a lot, but there's, there's a more tangible commitment that you've shown from yourself. And so you're going to take it more seriously. You're going to invest more time in it and keep thinking about it and all that kind of stuff. I think. Great point. I totally agree. Totally agree with that one. Uh, well, what advice would you give to someone who is, maybe sitting on the fence or let's maybe say maybe someone who has an idea. I think I can probably already answer this myself, but if somebody has an idea, well, and is thinking about launching a little business or getting something off the ground. Yeah. Do you have any kind of pointers for them? Yeah. If, if it's really good, come and talk to me and I'll, I'll, I'll see whether or not we want to invest in it early days, but <laughs> only, if it's a, only if it's a really good idea. I love it. Um, yeah. I think, I think what you've got to do, there's a whole host of different answers to that, but 
You've got to be, I think just go for it is the answer. You've also got to think, you know, is it really what you want to do? You know, like it depends whether or not you want it to just be a side business or if you're looking at making it something quite a bit more substantial than that. Um, and then you've got to ask yourself, like, you know, if you've got a really awesome job and you love it and you're making good money and all of that, it may not be something that you really want to do, or it might be something that you want to share with somebody else who can, you know, you can give them the idea and maybe put a bit of money into it, but someone to do the day-to-day legwork might be somebody else. So it's got to be right for you. But if it fits in with what you want to do, um, go for it. There can be no, no reason why. Um, but I would just say that from my own experience, it's about not overcapitalizing, both from a time perspective and from a financial perspective. Um, you've always got to have, in my opinion, and I know people will disagree with this, there's always, you've, you've got to be able to survive failure. You know, like I remember seeing people, this is quite a few years ago, that had this um, advertising-based platform and, and this woman had mortgaged a house and all this kind of stuff. And you sort Literally of Literally put her, put her livelihood on the line to yeah, get this baby up. Yeah, and you just go, I don't know, like that's just not the right way to go because most things don't work or don't work as much as, as well as you would have hoped. And that's life, you know, like what can you do? So you've got or, to be able to- Or beta support. test extremely well. Everyone says they love it and then no one pays a dollar for it. Yeah, and you, of course. Correct. You've got, to, you've got to be able to survive failure, in my opinion, um, then, which is not a reason not to do stuff, but you've got to always factor in the- It's like, it's like cars, you know, like you hope that you'll never crash, but they have crumple zones and airbags because every now, you know, there's always the possibility that things will go wrong and you've got to be able to walk away intact. So that's how <laughs> I see it. I liked the point about um, if you have a career or something that is, that is provide, sustaining you financially and you're enjoying it and maybe you've got this idea about another business, the way or another idea even, the way it manifests itself doesn't necessarily have to be straight to the, in a commercial sense. It might be just you practicing something or being involved mm. with a community who are also interested in that and you working together on it. Uh, and you can maybe take that pressure off things from a financial viewpoint. As soon as you make it something that's like, this has to sustain me, I think yeah, that takes hard. a lot of love out of anything, man. Like yeah. you can do it as a bolt-on, as a value-add, I think that's a good yeah. mindset to have. Yeah, you know, I've even seen that, you know, going in, in sporting contexts, you know, there are people who I see, well, I do my sports purely for enjoyment, but if I actually wanted to get somewhere and I'd pressure, like the, the enjoyment wouldn't be there anymore, you know what I mean? So, and that's why I admire professional athletes because they, they've committed themselves to that. But there's a lot of enjoyment being an enthusiast or a participant and if it takes off and it's successful, then you can double down and you can expand it and you can focus on it. But in the meantime, um, you've got a more interesting life. You know what I mean? You're mm. doing more stuff. Someone Rich. goes, at a, yeah, what do you do? What do you do for a living? And you go, oh, I've got a whole host of different things that I do. Well, you're interesting. I'm going to chat to you. You know what I mean? So yeah, not, yeah, that not that you're allowed to go to social engagements at the moment. So. <laughs> there will be no chatting. <laughs> no, there's a $1,600 fine attached to that conversation potentially. And maybe finally, uh, Jason, is there any uh, resources or maybe like processes or anything that you kind of habits that you have. And I know we kind of talked about principles, but you've kind of found have been good to, to, to lean, lean back on or lean into to just keep you on that path of moving something to, from an idea to an actual execution. 
I think one of them you mentioned was that basically you've got this mindset of action, right? It's like, if I come up with something now, I'm just going to go with it, see where it ends up. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I've got this kind of resilience thing going on. So I'm not too fussed. Is there anything else like uh, that you would refer to or is used as a guide almost? I think the first thing is that you've got to be able to capture your ideas, um, which is sort of, you know, a step before what you've asked me. But um, I have no doubt that over the course of my life, I've had hundreds and thousands of amazing ideas that I never really noted or thought about or wrote down or anything of that nature. So I think if you want to, if you want to be making stuff, you've got to be thinking and you've got to be recording what you think about. And, you know, some things will be junk, you know, and I've, I've got plenty of them, but, you know, you've got to be alive to opportunities that really, cut. you know, when you hear them, you, you write it down. Um, in terms of, the only other thing I'll say as well is I think you tend to end up bringing just all of your life experience to bear on stuff, you know, and it's kind of an amorphous answer to your question, but, I have no doubt that I'm better today at realizing stuff than I was five years ago and I was 10 years ago because I've done more things, I've read more books, I've, I've seen more stuff, I've spoken to more people. Um, so I don't know, like you kind of just accumulate your own sense of knowledge and experience and, and whatever else. And that's why um, no, nothing you've done is wasted. Even if you've like, there's a million things I regret having done and I should have started this and I should have done that. And I wish I worked there instead of there and whatever else, but all of it has brought you unique insights that no one else has got. Cause it's your, it's your life. No one else's. So you've got to embrace your own individuality. Um, it's like, it's like art, you know, like you can learn to paint and whatever else, but it's the life experience that you can express through the, the skill set that makes it unique and valuable. So I don't necessarily have any template or anything like that. And I'm sure what I think's right today in three months, I think was wrong and whatever else, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's being willing to, you know, do a lot of drafts, rip them up and keep going. I think and redraft and redraft and redraft and hope that at the end of it, it was worthwhile. I don't know. That was a really kind of vague and <laughs> philosophical answer. But it's, I, I like it's, it though. I think, I think it's it's not a it's not a bad it's it's the sort of question that you can't really answer without having going a little bit sort of uh, bigger picture. I think and and it's but, it, but it's yeah. interesting. Like you know, I've got all as I was saying to you earlier. I mean, you know, I've got all the books about you know the lean startup and the this and agile and, and there's all of these methodologies. But the problem with that kind of stuff is it kind of, I don't know, I've got, I've got kids, right? And you can watch Oprah and Dr. Phil and, and they'll tell you how to raise kids and whatever else. But the proliferation of all of that material, what it ultimately does is it makes you insecure and it, it inclines you not to back your own judgment on stuff. And so like you've got all these books and I think you should read everything and, and listen to everyone, but also then just make your own decisions as to what your path forward is. And it might be borrowing a bit of what you heard here and a bit of what you've actually experienced over there. And that didn't work. You know what I mean? Like it ends up being a, a big sort of vegetarian pizza with lots of stuff tucked on it. <laughs> but you've taken value from everywhere and um, ultimately back your own way of doing stuff, I think. Mm, That's I what think, I reckon. I think that makes sense. I think if you can also have this kind of mindset where you're, capturing things that you've learned rather than just learning them and letting come in one side and out the other and then forgetting them some sort yeah. of method of recording that stuff and then being able to come back to it when the when the time 
demands it or the situation mm. demands it, I think that's really powerful too, like record keeping and all that sort of jazz. Yeah, and I think it's just life experience. Like, you know, I've seen people make massive mistakes and blown stuff up in all sorts of different areas and dimensions. And you hope to not repeat those mistakes, you know, like genius is learning from the mistakes of others. Um, so yeah, it's often good to see how other people have gone wrong. You probably learn more from observing other people's failures <laughs> and successes. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, how much can you take away from looking at Elon Musk and saying, wow, he was super, super successful. What, do, mm. what, can, you, what can you take from Elon Musk's world that you can yeah. actually apply? Probably not all that much. No. And it's, people only focus on the Google that was, you know, the monopoly, not the Google that was 10 years in mum's garage, yeah. you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. And I think as well as that, and I've thought about this fairly recently, like you can, um, that sort of, you know, winning Tats Lotto success, it's inspiring in some, some ways, but it's also misleading and, and, and dispiriting as well, because mm. you can be highly successful and be nowhere near that stratosphere of success, but mm -hmm. still be highly successful and have, and you could have made the most, of your opportunities you know he made the most of his opportunities mm. and maybe maybe those opportunities who knows you know what i mean like run your own race and comparing you know, yourself yeah it's, like it's apples to apples is, is gonna yeah, just it's cause no point. yeah people yeah. say it's the same in jujitsu you know you're the only person you compete against is who you were yesterday mm. you know what i mean i love and that i'm sure i'm i'm better than i am I was yesterday, not that I trained yesterday, unfortunately, but you know, there'll always be someone who's better, quicker, faster, learns more quickly, who knows, but big deal. You know, what does it do? What matters? Tell Doesn't me this, matter. Jason, will the, will the kids be BJJ practitioners? Is that the plan here? Are I've they already tried, engaged? Man. I've tried. I've tried. How old are they? Um, 16, um, nearly 13 and, and 10. So, I've got cheerleaders, tap dancers, all that kind of stuff. I've tried, but it's the same thing, you know, like you can't impose what you want on other people. They've got to love it or yeah. they'll do it for a bit and then they'll push back and resent it. Have they seen you so, train? Yeah, a couple of times. Mm. Not, not on TV, unfortunately, but yeah. <laughs> they've, they've come, one, my eldest did it for a couple of years. But um, my late judo sensei once told me, he said, the number of kids he saw whose parents pushed them and they were like 10, 11, 12, who were really, really good and they got pushed and pushed and pushed and then they disappeared. And they had all this talent and, and ability but didn't have the interest. So you can't, you can't create the interest. You can offer it. But if they're not interested, it won't last. Yeah. That's my experience anyway. That's that's pretty sensible. It's pretty sensible kind of experience. Come on, show, mate. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell you I'm going to segue across to that. That's that's my grand yeah, plan yeah. here. Parenting with Mike. Mike and Jason. Jason, that was really good, man. I appreciate awesome, man. your time. I'm excited show. about this project for you. Good on you, man. I appreciate the opportunity to chat to you as well. so much for listening to this episode of the Doing Epic Stuff podcast. For the latest Doing Epic Stuff happenings, you can find us at facebook.com forward slash doing epic stuff. Or for inquiries, you can contact me directly on mike at doingepicstuff.com.
we out.